For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, the Levitical Priesthood. This is part one of the series. We're going to share with you an extensive study and insights into what is the Levitical Priesthood, and how did it come about? What are the duties and the tasks and the functions of the Levitical priesthood? And how does it compare and contrast to the Melchizedek priesthood? Because we are told in the book of Hebrews that Yeshua is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And we are told that there is a heavenly tabernacle and Yeshua is the high priest of that heavenly tabernacle and he's operating as a Melchizedek priest over that heavenly tabernacle. So, Given that Yeshua is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and Yeshua is a king over his father's kingdom, that the Melchizedek priesthood is a part of the government of the kingdom of the God of Israel. And we are told in John chapter 1 verse 3 and verse 10 in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. And then we're told in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 that everything was made by Yeshua and for Yeshua. So this world was created for Yeshua so that the kingdom of God that operates in heaven, that his kingdom would come to the earth and his will would be done in the earth. In order to fulfill and accomplish this task, we are told that Adam and Eve were created and they lived in the Garden of Eden. And Adam then was given the task of being an overseer of the kingdom of God on earth. And Adam is not only administering the kingdom of God on earth, but he is supposed to learn of that kingdom and he's going to teach about that kingdom to those who will be living on the earth. And the government of the kingdom of God is to be administered on the earth. So the Melchizedek priesthood is a part of that government. So given that Yeshua is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, 
the Melchizedek priesthood is an eternal priesthood, and therefore Adam was administering the kingdom of God on earth by being a Melchizedek priest over the earth. And let's see how this is so and how from how things were here in the beginning of the creation where we have the administration of the Melchizedek priesthood, how then did it come to be that we have the Levitical priesthood? So let's begin to see how these things are so and the connection and the relationship between the Melchizedek priesthood and the Levitical priesthood. First thing we're going to see is that Adam was the world's firstborn. And we're going to look at Midrash Rabbah, Numbers 4, 8, where it says, Take the Levites, quoting from Numbers chapter 3 and verse 45. Our rabbis have said, Why did the Holy One, blessed be he, order the firstborn Israelites to be redeemed by means of the Levites? Because originally, before the tribe of Levi arose and thus became the Levitical priests, the firstborn performed the sacrificial service or worship unto the God of Israel. There is proof that the firstborn offered the sacrifices before the tribe of Levi was given the Levitical priesthood. And we can see this by going back to the beginning of the creation of the world. Adam was the world's firstborn. When he offered his sacrifice, as it says, and it pleased the Lord better than a bullock that has horns and hoofs, Psalm chapter 69, verse 31, he donned high priestly garments as it says, and the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21. They were robes of honor which subsequent firstborn used. Continuing on and looking at the Midrash Rabbah, Genesis 97, 6, and Israel that is Jacob, said to Joseph, Behold, I die, Genesis chapter 48, verse 21. Moreover, I have given you one portion, and portion in Hebrew is Shechem, above your brethren, Genesis chapter 48, verse 22. Rabbi Judah maintained the portion, which is Shechem in Hebrew, means the birthright and the raiment of Adam. So Adam was the world's firstborn, and Adam was given the birthright. Next, we're going to see from Midrash Rabbah Numbers 4.8, where it says, take the Levites from Numbers chapter 3, verse 45. The following is explained to us. When Adam died, he transmitted, that is, the office of king, priest, firstborn, or the Melchizedek priesthood, to Seth. Seth transmitted them to Methuselah. When Methuselah died, he transmitted them to Noah. Noah arose and offered a sacrifice, as it says, and he took of every clean beast and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. Noah died and transmitted the office of the Melchizedek priesthood, king, priest, firstborn, to Shem. There is proof that Shem offered sacrifices, since it says, in Melchizedek, king of Salem, which is the old name for Jerusalem, 
brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of God, the Most High. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. Now, was it to him that the priesthood was given? What then is the meaning of the statement here, and he was priest, because he offered sacrifices like priests? Continuing on in the Midrash Rabbah, Shem died and handed it to Abraham. The fact is that because he was a righteous man, the birthright was transferred to him and he offered sacrifices, as it says, and he offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Genesis and chapter 22 and verse 13. Abraham died and handed it on to Isaac. Isaac arose and handed it on to Jacob. Jacob, having taken the birthright, began to offer sacrifices, as it says, and God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God. Genesis in chapter 35 and verse 1. Hence it is written, He withdraws not his eyes from the righteous. Job chapter 36 verse 7. And now I'm going to be reading to you from Midrash Rabbah Numbers 6-2 where it explains that Jacob had the firstborn birthright blessing, which means that the Holy One, blessed be he, does not withhold them. And thus, we find that Jacob eagerly desired the birthright for a godly purpose, to wit, that he might be able to offer sacrifices. And so he acquired it from Esau for money. The Holy One, blessed be he, therefore gave him his approval and called him my son, my firstborn. Exodus in chapter 4, verse 20. And conferred upon the firstborn the distinction of offering sacrifices before him. Now we're going to read from Midrash Rabbah, Genesis 63:13, where it explains that the firstborn has priestly rights. And Jacob said, Swear to me, Genesis chapter 25 verse 33. Why did Jacob display such eagerness for the birthright? Because we learned that before the children of Israel built the tabernacle in the wilderness, the sacrificial service under the God of Israel was performed by the firstborn. But after we have the building of the golden calf, the sacrificial service was performed by Levitical priests. And when the tabernacle got made, it was the Levitical priests who performed the sacrificial service. Continuing on, we're going to see from Midrash Rabbah Numbers 6-2 that the firstborn has kingship rights, but with kings upon the throne, Job chapter 36 verse 7, signifies that the Holy One, blessed be he, allotted honor to the firstborn, and by them kingship should fittingly be assumed, as it says, but the kingdom gave he to Jehoram because he was the firstborn, Second Chronicles chapter 21 verse 3. And in the case of David, it likewise says, I also will appoint him firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. Psalm 89 verse 27. This explains, but with kings upon the throne, he sets them forever. Job chapter 36 and verse 7. Now we're going to see that Adam was made king over the creation of the God of Israel. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, it is written, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 
Then it is written in Psalm chapter 8, verses 4 and 5, What is a man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and with honor. So we can see that in the creation, Adam was given dominion over the earth. And if you have dominion over something, you're a king over it. And he was crowned with glory and with honor. So Adam was the world's firstborn, and he was the king over the creation of the God of Israel. And Adam as well, he offered sacrifices. So we can see that Adam had the the duty and the task and the role of a king, a priest, and a firstborn. And the office of a Melchizedek priest you are a king, you are a priest, and you are a firstborn. So we can see that Adam functioned and operated not as a Levitical priest, but he was a Melchizedek priest over the creation of the God of Israel. And ultimately, his place and his position as a Melchizedek priest got passed from Adam to Noah to Shem, and then ultimately to Jacob. And we can see how Jacob had the position of a king, a priest, and a firstborn, the offices of a Melchizedek priesthood from Midrash Rabbah, Numbers 6-2, where it says, take the sum of, quoting from Numbers chapter 4, verse 22, where it says, and so Jacob said to Reuben, Reuben, you are my firstborn, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power, Genesis chapter 49, verse 3. By using the word dignity, In Hebrew, it's se'eth, which means to lift up. He was alluding to the priesthood. For you read, and Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 22. While being the excellency of power, power in Hebrew is oz, which means strength. He alluded to the kingship, for it says, and he will give strength, Hebrew oz, unto his king. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 10. Had Reuben not sinned and disgraced himself by his conduct with Bilhah, he would have been worthy of assuming the priesthood and the kingship, seeing that he was Jacob's firstborn. Next, we're going to see how Reuben was in the position to be a king, priest, and firstborn, but because of his sin, he then did not have that office of king, priest, firstborn. From Midrash Rabbah, Genesis 98.4, it says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, quoting from Genesis chapter 49, verse 3, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. The birthright should have been yours. The priesthood should have been yours. And kingship or royalty should have been yours. But because you sinned, you ultimately did not receive that office in walking in the office of what? King, priest, firstborn, which is the offices of the Melchizedek priesthood. Reuben lost his opportunity to be a Melchizedek priest 
over the kingdom of God on earth following Jacob because of his sexual sin. We're told in Genesis chapter 35 verse 22 that it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard it. And as a result, then Jacob, who was called Israel, then speaks of Reuben in Genesis chapter 49 verses 3 and 4 and says to Reuben, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. But you are unstable as water and you will not excel because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it and you went up into my couch. So, Given that Adam had the office of king, priest, firstborn, when he died, then that was transmitted to the next in line, which would have been Seth, and then it kept being transmitted down and ultimately to Methuselah, and then to Noah, and then to Shem, and then to Eber, and then it comes down, and we see that ultimately Jacob has that place and position of king, priest, firstborn, because he obtained the position when Esau sold that place and position called the birthright to Jacob. And now, normally, the Melchizedek priesthood office would be transmitted from Jacob to his oldest, which would have been Reuben. But we're seeing that because of Reuben's sins, that he did not inherit that office. And what we're going to see is that Jacob ended up taking the position of king, priest, firstborn, the offices of the Melchizedek priesthood. And ultimately, those three offices are going to be split within Jacob's family. And we can then read about the splitting within his family from Midrash Rabbah, Genesis 98, 4, where we're going to see that the offices of firstborn king and priest are split within Jacob's family, as it says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, Genesis chapter 49, verse 3, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. The birthright should have been yours. The priesthood should have been yours. The kingship or royalty should have been yours. In other words, Reuben should have had the office of a Melchizedek priest. But because you've sinned, what ultimately happened is the birthright was given to Joseph and it was given to Joseph through his sons Ephraim and Manasseh as is recorded in Genesis chapter 48. And then after the sin of the golden calf, the Levites were given the priesthood and the kingship blessing was given to Judah. Now we're going to see from First Chronicles chapter 5 verse 1 that Joseph and the sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, are given the birthright blessing. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, that is, of Jacob, but because he defiled his father's bed, because he sinned, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. 
And we can see this from Genesis chapter 48, verses 14 and 17, as it is written. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon it, Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly. For Manasseh was the firstborn. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, it displeased him because the custom is to give the blessing to the oldest son. And as a result, Joseph held up his father's hands to remove it from Ephraim's head so that it would be on Manasseh's head. But ultimately, then the blessing was given to Ephraim because Ephraim means to be doubly fruitful. And the one that has the birthright blessing gets the double portion. So Jacob understood through the name of Ephraim that he was destined to receive the blessing over his oldest brother, Manasseh. And Manasseh means to be forgetful. And so then Continuing on in Genesis chapter 48, verses 19 and 20, we can see how Ephraim was given this birthright blessing. It says in Genesis chapter 48, verses 19 and 20, and his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great, but truly his younger brother, that is Ephraim, shall be greater than he and his seed, that is Ephraim, shall become a multitude of nations or will fill up the nations. And he blessed them that day saying, in you shall Israel bless saying, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. We can see how Ephraim is the firstborn. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 9, it is written, they shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I'm going to cause them to walk by the rivers of water in a straight way wherein they will not stumble for I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. Then in Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 18 through 20, it is written, I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself. Thus you have chastised me and I was chastised. Surely after that, I was turned, I repented. And after that, I was instructed, I smote upon my thigh. I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spoke against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, says the Lord. So Joseph, through his sons Ephraim and Manasseh, was given the birthright blessing of the office of the Melchizedek priesthood. Judah then was given the kingship blessing or office of the Melchizedek priesthood. We can see this from Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the Levitical priesthood. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.